go. We are now live. The tweet is going out so people know that we're now live. Get the and, Domino's uh, pizzas in. We're ready. <laughs> yeah, get it all. Uh, get whatever you need. Get ready. Uh, don't go to bed just yet. A, uh, a sign-in that we all know has been coming for about two and a half days now where Billy Gilmore is inbound. Um, so get excited, people. Get excited. Adam, episode 184. Uh, another, um, not I was going to say impromptu. We knew this was coming, but another, uh, another one this week. Uh, how are you doing? How was? How have you been since like two days ago? How's everything going? Yeah, I'm sick of these. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good. I don't honestly. Um, in my mind, we didn't talk two days ago. The last game we played was against Leeds, uh, and here we are now talking about positives only. Um, just, just good vibes. Um, hopefully this deal comes through. Uh, it's. I'd like to see some. I'd like to see something fun. I think we all would like to see something fun at the end of the chance. Uh, we're, we're all. Everyone has been burned, based on what happened probably now a decade ago with with Rubinho going to Man City, the the iconic transfer deadline moment. Uh, nothing has ever quite lived up to that last minute chaos. Uh, and now we all just sort of work our way towards 11 p.m. Uh, and nothing really materially happens. But here we are. We're going to talk about the actual exciting things that have happened and who's gone and, and who's hopefully joining. Yeah, this is this has actually just happened. Uh, Zach Emerson, who was previously a very uh, highly regarded youngster until about... 20 minutes ago uh, has now signed for Blackpool um, on a permanent which is something I did not see coming at all uh, that's another young striker 43 appearances for the under 18s and he's just off to Blackpool on a permanent yeah no loan no nothing just a goner uh, that one is a bit of a surprise isn't it uh, well I think probably if I had to guess if I had to guess the management group looked at him and said he scores too many goals and he, <laughs> he doesn't belong at the club. Get him out. Uh, yeah, that's my that's my only assessment there. <laughs> uh, nice barbecue in the chat. Two oh seven. Uh, as asked for his asked for our opinion on the Caicedo news. Uh, barbecue. I'd love you to explain exactly what that Caicedo news is. Um, if, if I'm if I'm understanding correctly. Uh, somebody made a post on Instagram about one in Caicedo or Caicedo was going to sign or some rumor like that. Uh, and Caicedo liked the tweet and the tweet and started following the guy who like Instagrammed it or whatever it was. Um, so now half of Liverpool's fan base are absolutely convinced that we're going to sell them Caicedo before the end of the window. Um, I, if I had to assume anything, it's probably just Caicedo on the windup. Um, it's, I don't think there's much in it. Um, what Adam, hundred million pound? We've been we've been quoted uh, that forty two million, I believe Potter said it wouldn't get his boots. Um, so, how much money would Liverpool genuinely have to stump up forty minutes away from the deadline closing uh, to snap up Moises Caicedo? Uh, more than they would ever be willing to pop. They just signed Arthur from on loan from, uh, I guess he was at Juve or wherever he was after Barcelona. 
So they've covered themselves in the midfield. The thought of this is the literal worst time to ever buy anyone if a deal hasn't been fully developed because you are essentially going to pay at least 20 to 30% over the odds because the other the clubs that's selling you the player cannot backfill him. We've just sent Alzate off. Uh, if if we were to get rid of Caicedo, great. Tony Bloom's bank balance looks wonderful for a while. But one injury and we spend the next few months crying until January where we make some panic signing. So it isn't that way. You'd have to, it, it would be a stupid man. They'd have to give us part of Fenway Sports Group. <laughs> they just have to sell us the Red Sox. Yeah, give us something. We'll, we'll take the baseball team. That's fine. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think there's absolutely nothing in it. Uh, he's not going anywhere. I don't know why he's liking things. I suspect he's just on a wind-up. Um, I mean, he's young and he, he don't care. He's just probably at home, finishes food, sitting in the background with his missus or whatever he's doing and absolutely pissing his pants at half of Liverpool's big like transfer accounts now saying that Caicedo is coming to Liverpool uh, when he's not even left his home. Yeah, there's, uh, there's no way. I, there, there is... I don't obviously I don't hope at any amount because as fans right now it's it's all well and good we, we like the excitement we like the players and the potential but from a money standpoint it's not our money so even if we sold him for 150 million pounds right now but like, it doesn't make me very happy uh, it's like well our team's just worse now we can't spend any of the money so, so I, I don't I don't want this to happen it's not going to happen if it does um I think we'll just do the next the next podcast just eating our own hats because that's as unlikely as it will be to happen. But bad day if you are a Brighton player with a last name beginning with A uh, because it's been a, a double exit with Alzate and, and the great Florin. Yeah, let's talk strikers uh, and the ones that are just leaving. So obviously Emerson's gone, uh, which was a surprise and people in the chat are also surprised at that. Um, obviously we offloaded Guillaqueras a couple of years ago he's doing well obviously rumoured with a move to Everton never happened so uh, I feel like they've been rumoured with about 85 different strikers this window yeah. and, on, and only got more pay which is odd um, but yeah we've we've now said goodbye to Florian Andone uh, scored a couple of inc- very important goals against Huddersfield both both games literally uh, a couple yep. yeah uh, one against Palace which is wonderful um, and then uh, did he score another one? I think it's nice. Yeah, he scored four goals. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So not even a goal per million spent. Uh, I think he was about six million pounds. So uh, well, we didn't even get that. Don't forget that he was earning forty grand a week. And I don't. I'm not good enough on the on the fly mathematics to figure out forty thousand and four goals and, and his monthly duration that he was a weekly duration that he was here, but that doesn't feel like great business. We probably, the contract termination as well. I don't know whether we had to pay a little bit to make that work. So I don't know whether he's even got a bit of a sweetener in the end to just rip his contract up, but yeah, that wasn't, wasn't our greatest ever signing. Was it? Yeah, not at all. Um, Merit in the chat. We need to up Caicedo's contact duration. Uh, we are paying him peanuts given his form. I believe he's one of the lowest earning players in the entire team. He's the uh, lowest, the lowest. So yes, uh, you're right. I, I think I think we we I can be brave enough to speak on behalf of everyone, uh, no matter how disjointed this fan base can be when it comes to transfers. That 
uh, we should sign him on for a lot longer uh, and pay him a lot more because uh, he is worth every penny. Um, before we get on to anything else, uh, I am going to put out a couple of tweets here real quick. Uh, I would love, well, we would both love you all to come on the show and have your say. You don't need a camera if you don't have one. Be nice if you did. Uh, but you don't need to download anything. Don't need to do anything special. No Zoom, no nothing like that. Uh, it's just a like a website that you can click on and enter. Uh, I'm going to tweet this out. So anybody who wants to come on and have your say uh, on the transfer window, I've got a couple of topics of conversation that I can throw your way. Some nice questions if you want them. Uh, come on in. Um, it's open to everybody. Whoever wants in, you can come in. Uh, so I'm tweeting the first one now. Uh, and the second one's going to go out in just a second uh, with extra instructions. Uh, basically, if you're in the waiting room, you will get entered. Uh, do not worry about that. Uh, and no one will see you in the waiting room except for me and Adam. So you can do whatever you want while you prep yourself uh, if you need to get hyped up. So get in there, uh, come and have a chat with us um, and, and absolutely just have your say as long as you're not offensive you can come in and say just about anything you want really and even if you um, are offensive you sort of really haven't changed much of the tone so uh, the, while speaking charlie parker turner has uh tweeted out that the billy gilmore uh deal the contract is signed as of now as of as of one minute ago um let's wait to see if we get more clarification and verification of that but it was all it was coming um we're going to be talking a fair amount about Billy Gilmore in the next X amount of time before the transfer window closes. Be good to hear what people think about this deal. I think in general terms, we're all shocked about how much he cost in a, in a good way. Uh, because I'm not sure 9 million quid at the moment sort of gets you much really, does it? Uh, <laughs> given how, if you look at some of the other signings, I mean, look at how Morgan Gibbs-White's gone for, like, nine million. I mean, yeah. Uh, the the Gibbs-White one is is an anomaly, though, right? Like, we don't, I think that's ever going to get replicated. Yeah, I mean, it is a bit, but at the same time, even if you look at some of the other transfers that, that, that have been bounding about in the Premier League so far this year, uh, nine million is, for a player that, let's not forget, People have short-term memories nowadays. And yeah, Gilmore didn't have a good time at Norwich and he's been off for a couple of games for Scotland. Okay, that's that's fine. Literally 14 months ago, 15 months ago, he was man of the match against England at the Euros. Uh, and it's funny because we were looking at this from the other perspective, right? It was Gareth Southgate, what the hell are you doing? How can you not even beat Scotland? But... Gilmore was Gilmore was called the Scottish Conte after that that game. <laughs> he was, yeah. Uh, like this, this is to me only upside in this deal. Uh, he's still very, very young. Uh, if it doesn't work out, you spent nine million. I mean, that was about what five more months of Florian Andone just sat in his tracksuit. So there's it's a it's a great it's a superb signing. Yeah, it is. Uh, we have Richie Mills in the waiting room. Ladies Richie Mills is here? Yeah. Richie, uh, you're on mute, so whenever you're ready, you can come off of it. Uh, but how's it going for you on deadline day? I bet you are a busy boy, no? I'm tired. <laughs> <laughs> we all are, Richie. <laughs> uh, superb, concise, accurate. Uh, love it. Um, so how's everything going for you? What what does deadline day look like for, for Richie Mills' journo extraordinaire? 
<laughs> Steady on the compliments there, buddy. Um, <laughs> so I started work at 10 a.m. English time, British time. And it's, I guess, nearly half 10 in the evening or night. So it's just... Um, uh, I like the phone going off in the background because it almost adds to this idea. <laughs> I, I want to think you're getting calls in about, you know, someone that we're about to sign. Here we Ch- go. Chow Pedro's coming in. Yeah. <laughs> a, late, a late Aaron Connolly recall is in there. <laughs> <laughs> that would turn this transfer window from sort of a B plus A into a D, really, wouldn't it? If, you, if you're grading it. <laughs> it would be it would be something. Um, so, Richie, obviously when this Billy Gilmore signing goes through, which seems to be all all but announced now. Does that does how does it work from a journal perspective? Do you do does the club send you some special email saying like, "Hey, we've signed him ten minutes in advance," or is it just one of those things where you see it when we do, uh, and then you have to go from there? It varies. So, for example, um, I was I didn't get sent something until I think after about Florin and Doni. Um, but for example, with Zach Emerson joining Blackpool, I received that six minutes before um, the embargo. So it really does depend. I think more often than not, if it's like a younger player, they'll maybe give us a bit more heads up. Um, but yes, I know it's going to happen at some point. But I don't know when the Gilmore Gilmore deal would exactly happen. I'm hoping soon because I've got Brighton's press conference tomorrow and I've got to head down to Brighton. But um, it's all part of the fun. We're we're hearing it might be done, but it's not been it's not Naylor done. So <laughs> you know I, that's I don't know how official it is. It's sort of unofficially official right now. What, what do you think about that Emerson deal, by the way? Because that feels like a weird one to, to get rid of a promising young player in a position that ideally you want to look to the future on with a good goal scoring record to just say bye-bye. Yeah, I was surprised at that. I thought initially it would be a loan, um, but in the past he's said that he's taken, um, he's found it hard to adjust being quite far away from his family. Um, I think he was, you know, signed from Oldham in 2020. Uh, he's still only 18. He had, you know, I think uh, a tough time during the pandemic, just being away from his family. Um, so I think it's more, uh, I think a little bit of homesickness factored in, but um, yeah, I think uh, it was so prolific. Uh, I think he's got 21 goals in 27 games last season for the under 18s. So, you know, uh, and I spoke to his former um under 18 coach at Brighton, Mark Beard, and uh, he said that he can score goals, you know, um, every which way. You know, it would cut, he could score the perfect actor type thing. He's mm. um, didn't have sort of lightning pace, but just a real poacher. Um, so yeah, I'm definitely sad to to see him go, but I think um, uh, I think it makes sense for for him and the club. I think that's interesting. Then it's it's, it's we often don't think as as fans, we don't talk a lot about the personal aspects of this. It's easy to, we just look at things and, and the stats and we go, well, why would you get rid of this person? You sort of sometimes forget that there's, there's a human <laughs> behind, behind that data and things like that. So that's good. It's good to know about that. Um, what's, what's your thinking on, on obviously I think with 
and Dono. That's a relative inevitability about that one. Alzate very much seems reactionary based on, on, on the Gilmore signing. And it seems to be alone with, for people just joining, Alzate going out with, alone with no obligation to buy, seemingly, just to straight up have him for a season. Um, how do you feel about that? And how do you feel about the Billy Gilmore one? Uh, yeah, I think um, uh, Alzate is, yeah, from... Whenever I've asked Graham Potter about him, he's always says he, you know, he rates him quite highly. Um, for example, uh, the Newcastle game away when they lost two one, he said he was the Brighton's best player. Um, but I think there's just so much strength and depth in midfield in particular. They've just got, you know, Moises Caicedo has been a revelation. McAllister's arguably been the player of the season. Gross just keeps on chugging. Balana, Ibsen, he's injured at the moment. He's been very good. Um, and then obviously you've got Gilmore who. Um, was very, you know, very highly rated at Chelsea and Scottish International. So I think it's just, unfortunately, his game time is limited. It, w- it would almost be a case of, you know, he's, he's turning 24 in a week or so. Um, and it's maybe, a, it's a tough one because I don't know. I think people have to leave for him to um, to really get a chance in the first team. So I think yeah, with him, yeah. I think uh, this is the Gilmore thing is, is probably yeah, pushed over the edge, but um, I hope he has a future at Brighton because I still think he's a, a very good player. So the games he shined in, it was really impressive. Um, so it's, it's, and he's part of that kind of novel South American contingent that, that we're building out uh, so readily, but you're right. I mean, I think after, after seeing Lalana not being able to play for a while, Pre pre Gilmore signing, the fact that he still wasn't getting a look in sort of summed everything up, really, didn't it? There was it was just you, you're probably not going to play here, mate. Unfortunately, um, but maybe hopefully he can go prove himself. Um, I think he's going to be very good for the championship, arguably too good, but but remains to be seen. What do you think, Josh? Yeah, I think he's going to be a bit too good. I think the space and time Alzate can create in the Prem, I think he's going to just run run the show uh, at West Brom. If, if and when he wants to, really, um, it depends on how driven he is, right? If he's got, if he's not particularly happy about going on like up, up, up to Brum, he may have a bit of a different situation. But uh, I think he's going to be a great signing for them, and and, I, and he needs the game time, and he's never really been the same since he had COVID, has he? So I think it's a good opportunity for him. Um, Richie, we've got uh, more in the waiting room, so we're going to let you go. I'm sure you've got a busy half an hour here. Uh, but if you get any news coming in six minutes before, uh, feel free to come straight back in the waiting room and let us know uh, so you can break the news live on air. Well, just saying, just sorry, just very quickly, the writer have just announced that uh, under-21 defender Lee Kavanaugh has joined Derby County under-21s on a season-long loan. So I didn't get any warning of that one. <laughs> so uh, there you go. Hey, that's that's, that's, that's breaking news yeah. right here. This is a, this is a this is a breaking news drop. Thank you, yes, Richie. But, but not not from me. <laughs> this is from the club's website. So, yeah. Well, okay, <laughs> it's not quite the same. Uh, do you, Richie, do you, I know, you've got a podcast now. Do you want to give a shout out to that just so people know where to hear from you fairly often? Yeah, good point. Um, oh, that's that's very nice of you. Uh, we're we're called the Teams Like Brighton podcast. Um, <laughs> it's a good name. Thank it you. Is. It's not not mine. I had some other names um, from my mates, one of which was called Up the Duffy. Um, but 
uh, it was that was a rejected title, and obviously Shane Duffy's moved to Fulham for the season. So um, yeah, very temporary pun-based title, but it would have been perfect for those couple of weeks. Yeah, and another one that was a bit outdated was um, gardening with Dan Ashworth. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah. <laughs> Wonderful. Uh, thank you, Richie. Well, thanks for the plug. I'll um, I'll still I'll, I'll still listen in uh, if that's all right. I'll just be on mute if that's okay. Get after it. Yeah. Let's do it. Great. Cheers, thanks, guys. Mate. Appreciate right. it. Thank Doing you. The work. You too. All right. We are joined by uh, another another personality on Albion Twitter, uh, Mr. Brighton Bard. Uh, you are on mute if you didn't know, so unmute quickly whenever you can. There uh, he is. How are, how are we? Hello, guys. Uh, hello, Richie. I know you're listening. Uh, nice to, to speak to you both, and all three of you. Um, I saw your tweet, guys, and I know it wasn't a direct invitation, but it was nice of you to mention uh, <laughs> to mention uh, what people do. You mentioned the bar. I haven't got very long, but I wanted to support you guys and say hello and, um, yeah, give you a bit of support. It's obviously six hours earlier here, so not quite as uh, difficult to be up for me, but exciting evening. Yes, yeah, I mean, uh, where are you based at the minute? Are you in... Where are you at? Uh, actually, you, you're US, aren't you? So, yeah, I'm in Oklahoma, yes. so I'm uh, six hours behind London. You're you're in, aren't you in like tornado country, Bard? You're out in, you're in Oklahoma somewhere, aren't you? I'm in Oklahoma, in Tulsa. So, yeah, it's, uh, funny enough, we do have some storms tonight, but it's not tornado season, as you probably know. But, yeah, if in uh, March and April, it can be fun. Yeah, yeah, hopefully only whirlwinds on the pitch. Hopefully for you watching, what Bard? What have you? What have you been thinking about this transfer window? Like, are you uh, thrilled with the, the the work that's been done with with Gilmore coming in, the the money that we've made as well from some of these signings? Um, any any sadness about a lack of striker? Not sure how much how much you got there. The Oklahoma storms are rolling in. Yep. He's losing, we're, we're losing going his through. internet. He's going to he's going to switch up. Yeah, he's going to switch up. Uh so while we are waiting uh, on the bard's return, we've got Siegel Rich in the chat. I believe this is uh FPL Rich on Twitter. I don't know for sure. He's about to tell us. Uh Siegel Rich, welcome to Together BHA. How are you? Silence is deafening. Are we back? Are we here, Siegel Rich? He's thinking about it. He's not. He's off. We've got the Bard back on, though. Uh, so, Bard, I'm not sure how much you heard uh, from Adam there, but what are we What are we thinking about this transfer window? Striker? No striker? Happy? Not happy? We're struggling. We're struggling. This, this is you why know you what don't it feels like. You know when... Um, uh, 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 <laughs> Jessica Simpson's sister, oh, I'm showing my age, Ashley Simpson had that disaster concert once and she had to sort of do a jig on stage and it became famous as this sort of what happens when the music cuts out. This is this is what we're seeing right now. This is the, 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 the Premier League podcast equivalent of us doing a jig on a stage. Yeah, um, never doing it, never going live again. Uh, Siegel Rich, can you hear us and can you speak? feel like we can hear remnants of a seagull rich in the background <laughs> lads can you hear me he's here yeah. there we go it's working we can. okay we can. Yeah, it's honestly i was just joining the stream to listen in 
my wife is asleep next to me, so I'm going to get kicked in the face in a minute. <laughs> this is wonderful. <laughs> this is a disaster class. Sorry, lads. No, this uh, is great. Talk as loud you as you can. <laughs> before before you go and get punched, uh, just real quick, uh, rate the uh, rate the window out of ten for us. If we assume Gilmore is the only one coming in before the end of the deadline and Alzate uh, out, um, uh, a five, pretty uninspiring. Oh, a five. Ooh, okay. okay. All right. Well, we'll let you. We'll let you not get beaten up uh, by misses, <laughs> and we'll let you go. So thanks. Thanks for hopping on real quick. I can't Appreciate believe she's it. not stayed up to wait for the Gilmore signing to happen. It's a bit of a disheartening thing to hear. But there you go. <laughs> no, she's not interested. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> thanks for joining us, mate. Um, Have a good, good stuff for putting your, your potential <laughs> marriage on the potential rocks. <laughs> um, all right. So I've got a question for you uh, that we've got that i've wrote up this afternoon so uh since signing welbeck uh he has started 32 possible 76 games uh so in theory that leaves us needing a player to replace him for 44 games uh over the you know over the course of the last two years so let's go into the happiest path in the world right let's assume that uh he makes it to his personal best that's 23 appearances um he's never uh, made more than that in a Premier League tie ever. Um, and I'm going to bring the Brighton Bard back in because his signal's way better now. He's crystal clear. So this is going to be to both of you. Uh, so since signing Welbeck, uh, he's started 32 of a possible 76 for the Albion. Uh, he's left us needing a striker, you know, a rotation option for 44 of those 76 games. Uh, if he plays and makes 23 starts this year, that would match his personal best ever. That was in the 11-12 season with United. Uh, that would still leave us needing an option for 15 games this season. Uh, 14, I suppose, with this one just gone up Fulham. So how confident do you feel with a striker group of Welbeck, Undav and Evan Ferguson? Um, I'm not going to include Trossard in that because we generally, I don't think they want to include Trossard as a striker with him playing at that false nine last, last Tuesday. Uh, and then obviously coming into his own at that left win back role, which I don't think anyone saw coming with how prolific he's gotten there. Uh, and I'm not included in Caesar either because he never played a striker role in preseason at all. He was always a, like a inside forward winger. So uh, you can, if you want to include them as possible kind of number nine options, but I, I didn't put them on that list. So how confident are you feeling coming in here? If we assume that we're, we're done up front um, with, with those options available to us, knowing Welbeck isn't, isn't a full-time permanent option. Bob, do you want to have a go at that or you want me to have a first crack? Yeah, go on, Adam. And by the way, my name's Jonathan. It's silly calling me. Yeah, my name's Jonathan. So, yeah, I, I, love, I am the Brighton Bard on Twitter, obviously, but um, John or Jonathan's fine. But no, have, have a crack, Adam. I'll follow up. I sort of, by habit, I might have to call you Bard now. I might even have to go to Mr. Bard or something. <laughs> All right, so, yeah, I, I think that the, I think this has been a stunning transfer window. Let's not take away from that, right? We, we've, we've, we've made a, an obscene amount of money that the likes of which this club has not really ever seen um, from a profitability standpoint, that's amazing. So it means if we need to strengthen in January, we can, it means going into next season, we can strengthen too. Clearly the group feel that the squad has enough depth and quality to be able to see through this season comfortably and, and continue to progress. So I'm good there. Uh, again, said this before, I really, really, really like the Gilmore signing. It's only upside to me. Minimal risk in terms of the cost of the transfer. That's fine. 
Uh, Estupinian, despite the couple of mistakes, I think is an incredible, incredible uh, signing and replacement for Kukurea. We were never really going to place Bas- replace Basuma that easily, but I think we've got players now that can do that. And if Caicedo continues the way he's, he's going, fantastic. Yes. So back to the forwards. That's the only thing not making this an A-plus transfer window, right? Or an A-transfer window. I think if, if you turned around and in the next 20 minutes, they said, we've signed a Brereton Diaz. I think we all turn around and go, I don't know how we've pulled this off. What an incredible transfer window. You're right. Danny Welbeck has not started. I think you said his maximum amount of games started. That was it. That was 11 years ago, the 2011 season, just for those of you not keeping track on years. Uh, that's a long time on anyone's legs, especially Danny Welbeck's. Even though we've not seen a ton out of Dennis Ndav yet, clearly the club brought him in because they think he's able to do something. It might take some tactical changes with how Potter is going to approach games to fit him perfectly into the system. I do not want to see whatever it was at Fulham uh, the other day as our game plan in the future. Um, so I'm not worried. I expect Welbeck to get injured, but hopefully, fingers crossed, I think the club is planning on by the time he is out, Undev is bedded in properly and we can play to his strengths. That's my bash. I like that positivity, Adam. And, uh, you know, I'm... I never say I'm a, a, a scholar of the game. I have played a decent level, but I'm, I'm not going to go into as much detail as you do. I, I sometimes think in terms of tactics, tactics, I'm sort of tactic, tactic dyslexic. I, I, don't, I don't see the game as, as other people do. You've got far more ability in that area. What I will say is, well, two things. You say you trust the club. I, I trust Potter... And the backroom staff, the only people, not not neither of you two and neither me and, and not Richie if he's still on, and no one listening or watching, none of us are in the uh, dressing room, in the in the locker room, in the club. None of us know the psychology, and that's the area I work. I'm really interested in the mental side of psychology, uh, performance psychology. Um, none of us are there. So we have to trust the club. We have to trust the club. And I'd rather them not... Uh, sign a striker um, in a desperation bid to calm the likes of us, the supporters, than to trust in who they have um, to to score goals. So the first thing I think, Adam, is, is what you said: is I, I trust them. I, how would how would we know? We'd like what we'd like is is not necessarily what's right for the club. The second thing is, and I just try to pull it up now. I can't. Um, Andy Naylor did a great article on The Athletic about why our squad is stronger now than it was before and why why he doesn't feel, and I suspect he's got far better contacts in the club than any of us, why he doesn't feel it's an absolute deal-breaker to have to get a striker in in the next 15 minutes or wherever it might be. He, you know, those subscribed to The Athletic, obviously it's a paid-for subscription, but but it's it's a really interesting article. He goes into great depth. It's a deep dive into the squad, into the players, and into why he feels goals are going to come from other areas. Um, and that was a really interesting read for those who haven't read it. So so I'm not going to go into the depths of who's going to score. I mean, I, I you know... Um, I think Lindeberg's going to come 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 good. He didn't necessarily have, make a big impact the other day, um, but I, I mean, I would put Leo. I know he's not a striker, Josh, but I would put Leo in there. He scores goals. He's not playing, you know, number nine. He's not. Well, he moves around, doesn't he? Where he plays, 
Um, I'm a bit of a born optimist. I trust the club. I trust the people. I trust the players. Um, I think it's been a great window as well, Adam. I really do. And I think we are in a better place. Um, having even having sold Mark and uh, and this, um, and uh, yeah, I, I think I think it's going to be fine. I do think it's going to be fine. I'll, you that article is a good article, by the way. I completely agree with you, uh, and I, I like to give Naylor shit uh, just because you know he's it's a bit of a club mouthpiece, external club mouthpiece, but um, he is he is pretty much the the he's in the know, isn't he? Um, so if he's saying that you're probably relatively sure that that's sort of the messaging that's coming out of the club. Um, and I agree with you. We've talked a lot about this idea around that Potter's tactics and the way we play demand that goal scoring has to come from throughout the team. Uh, that comes down to set pieces uh, from the mid. We need to get goals from the midfield. And we're seeing that from Pascal Gross. This is like a, I feel like a bit of an evolution from the team and hopefully that continues now, not at the rate he's scoring because in which case he's, you know, he's going to get Haaland-esque levels, let's say, but um, we should be expecting goals from not just our person that, that wears the shirt with a number nine or the equivalent on the back of it. Um, to play devil's advocate and Josh, maybe you can comment here. There have though been rumors of us trying to find another a forward. Christian Kwame's name has been bounded about. There was another lad who I'm forgetting about too. So I think the club have been trying to bring another body in, but it feels more like a Welbeck backup than I guess what people were talking about before, which is a, you know, a Mope replacement just because he was last out. We said this before, the Mope replacement is Dennis Undav. Um, we don't have really the Welbeck backup. We have ways to play with that Welbeck when he goes down. Ideal world, I think the club would have brought in another forward. But as as Jonathan said, I don't think it's a de- this club doesn't act in desperation. Methodical signings, right price, right place, right time, right fit for the team. They don't think they can get a player that is good enough for this club at the right valuation. They're just not going to bring him in. They'll figure out another solution. Yeah, no, I think you're right. Um, and that spreadsheet that I put together, uh, I think we hit 60 uh, names rumoured to be coming to the Albion today. Uh, I think this rumour of Caicedo uh, and Nabi Keita as swap deal is now 61. So congratulations, Keita. The absurdity of that rumour is uh, <laughs> like honestly next level absurdity. Yeah, it is. It's something. Um, so yeah, I think that in terms of, I can't even remember what the question was, uh, just because forwards you are you've forgotten yes. your own question yeah yeah do we uh, do we need so another forward i think of the 60 odd there was about 30 of them were strikers that were rumored to be coming to us uh at different levels of stupidity uh musa barrow and kawame uh and there were a few others that i think probably had legs to them uh, and then you had real stupid ones like Timu Puki early on in the window was supposed to be coming over to us. Uh, and just a couple of other absolutely ridiculous. What Origi, I think, was also in there before he signed for Milan. Um, there was some really, really silly ones as well. But I think the one thing you can you can determine from that was the the rumours of all 61 were really just three positions. Because uh, I was going through them today. They were left back, strikers or central midfielders. Um, so there's got to be some truth behind them in a way, right? We're obviously out there looking for that set specific group of positions. Kukurea, the obvious reason we needed a left back uh, and we were looking for one to replace him. And we went out and got Estepinion. 
Uh, and I think we definitely were interested in a couple of the others that ended up going other places. You go deep for Spurs, Gomez for Man City, for example, I think were definitely ones we, we had feelers out for. Um, and then central midfield, I, I mean, I think we definitely were. And Gilmore is obviously the proof of it. Um, and I, I wouldn't be surprised per Ecuadorian media if we went back in for Kifuentes in January. Um, it seemed that there really was major outreach for him. Um, so, I mean, if, if you're looking at it and you've seen that we've signed a left back this window and we've start, we're have we about to all but officially sign a central midfielder um, and we haven't signed a striker and of those 60 ridiculous amount of rumours, um, the, the three main positions were those three. You've got to assume that the club absolutely were looking for one. Um, but I think you're right. It was very much in the baby Welbeck mould. Um, a lot of those players that were rumoured played in that kind of Welbeck role and... A lot of them were very young. Um, so I think it's more of a case of, you know, Welbeck's got one two year, one more, well, he's got a two-year deal. How much more time can we get out of him before he breaks? Let's see if we can bring someone in. And for the American listeners, it's kind of bringing in a Patrick Mahomes behind Alex Smith, right? You're bringing him in and allowing him to develop behind a veteran quarterback or a veteran. Yeah, let's find a Patrick Mahomes. I'd quite like that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, his name's Erling Haaland, uh, so I don't think we're going to be signing him anytime soon. Um, but I, th- I think that's the that's the long and the short of it. I think we've definitely looked for one. Um, and I think they, behind the scenes, they're not going to tell us it, but I, I think they're probably pretty disappointed as the, the clock strikes 11 o'clock tonight that they haven't got one um, behind yeah. the scenes. But I, I don't think that they would say that outright, and obviously they'd be right not to. Uh, but I, I think that they were definitely hoping for one. Can I throw another... Um... Another area we could perhaps look for goals, Josh. I mean, yeah. I was very aware the other night. I don't know if you've sort of noticed it or, or, or been aware of it. Seems to me from set pieces, we're very weak considering, I know we lost um, Burn, obviously, um, but we've still got Webster, we've still got Dunk. And, and obviously Dunk scored some great goals with his head from a set piece from the corner or, or a free kick. But we're not particularly... Um, yeah, we don't we don't worry anybody from free, from free kicks and set pieces, do we? I don't think. Um, I've not, I've been really frustrated, you know, not to see perhaps more chances created or, or at least making uh, keepers save. Um, and the other point I wanted to make, I haven't got too long, but but the other point I wanted to make is, you know, for us fans, we've got to understand it isn't incremental um, gains every year. It's not within our uh, choice or ability, the club's ability and our ability, to make sure we keep improving. It's our goal. It's the club's goal. It's everyone's goal. So if we didn't get a striker, let's say Josh is right and the club are going to be a bit disappointed and, and you know perhaps we won't do as well as perhaps we could have, or, or even if we finished less than ninth this year, for example, that's not the a reason to get terrified and start getting annoyed. And the Athletes, athletes, sprinters, for example, they 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 their performance improves. They have a bad season, and they they don't improve. They don't. It's not the end of the world. They do all they can to move forward. And there's you know there's twenty fantastic teams in the Premier League or nineteen others other than us. And you know you, you do what you can, but you can't guarantee incremental success every season. So I I'm really a pragmatic person, but. I think that's the way we have to look at it. We do what we can. It's been amazing, and hopefully, we'll keep getting better. But if if 
there's a couple of seasons here and there where we don't improve as much as we wish to or hope to. That's how it works. Just real quick, a bit of breaking news for you, before you have to drop off. Uh, just real quick, we've got some big one, a big striker signing elsewhere. Uh, a new player at Las Palmas uh, in the Segunda <laughs> division. Um, Florin Andone has signed immediately. Uh, so he's off. He's off to the Spanish Segunda division. Uh, so good luck to Florin Andone over there. Um, <laughs> I want to know how much of a pay cut he just got he took because he was on 40 grand a week here i bet they're probably not paying him four grand a week um so to be fair he's not going to be short on money is he after saving all this and you probably probably quite a nice life playing for las palmas i i, I agree with you jonathan the, the we talked on on the first show of the season what our expectations were and it's None of us, I don't think, could have dreamed of the start we had, excluding Fulham game that we're pretending didn't happen. Um, I think all of us basically said, going beyond our performance last season, finishing ninth, it's going to be a tough one, given the fact that we know Basuma was going to go at the time. We didn't know 100% if Kukurea was going to go. Losing your two best players and expecting to come eighth or above in the Premier League with the strengthening of all the other teams is nigh on impossible when you're a team that has to operate on a, on a process of refueling every few seasons and selling off your players for profits and bringing in new ones to then come on and repeat that cycle. The best club in the world at this is Borussia Dortmund or Ajax, depending on your preference. Um, and they have down seasons uh, and they have seasons when they're competing in Dortmund's case with Bayern Munich. And then they get whipped by them in two years later. It's okay. Um, this will be an interesting one. I think, though, we do have the strength, regardless if nothing else happens, we have the strength to compete in and around the area we should be competing in in the league now, which is uh, hopefully become being a top 10 side or at least being a top 10, 15 side consistently. Not worrying about relegation is enough of a gift for me. Yeah, I'd be inclined to agree with that. I think the the realist in every single one of us is looking at 40 points first and foremost, right? And we're a quarter of the way there. Um, and I think that's the main thing. So if we're going to continue in the same vein that we are, uh, you know, we're already making great strides to that point. If we can stay up, that's number one priority. And I think it's honestly every team in the Premier League's priority outside of the big six. Um, I mean, look at Leicester right now. Um, you can you can win the league six years ago, seven years ago, and now you're rock bottom of the table with one point. Um, probably, probably about to be gifted three at the Amex because that's the price. This game terrifies me on Sunday. <laughs> terrifies me. Uh, last thing, then Bard, because because we'll we'll let you go right now. But just quick thoughts on the weekend for Leicester. Uh, predictions, thoughts, feelings. Are you as worried as Adam? Scared? <laughs> yeah, I, I am. I, I just was uh, in touch on WhatsApp with um, a friend of mine. You'll know on, on Twitter probably Nina, um, and she's on holiday. And I, I said, did you manage to see the game? And I. I we both said the same thing. I, I couldn't believe we have played those four games and then played that game. Uh, it was, it, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I, I'm an optimist and I don't like, you know, I won't criticize and get hugely, hugely angry, but it was comical at times, wasn't it? It was bizarre. Um, and I really hope it was just a really strange day in the office. The cl- the cliche bads at the office. That's what we called it. Yeah, yeah. exactly. It, it, it was unbelievable. And I, and I made, live to regret saying this, but I don't think we can play as badly or sloppily, really, just with so many, both, I mean, Fulham were the same. 
Um, so, yeah, I'm a bit concerned about it. I think we an early goal will settle the nerves. Um, but I think, you know, four games out of five have been fantastic. Um, you know, we sh- and I think we should have beaten Newcastle. That, that you know, um, Gross is... He tried to right foot that cross that came in against Newcastle. If he hit his left foot, I think he would have scored. And, you know... Could have, should have, would have. I know we can say that, but yeah, I'm, I'm. An early goal would be nice. Settle the crowd down, get the uh, energy up, and uh, I think we'll win. But I think we need an early goal to 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 settle the nerves and to. Uh, I think we'll win two nil. But I think if we don't haven't scored by half time, it could get one of those uh, very similar to Newcastle in terms of quite a few, uh, a bit of frustration in the crowd because we're perhaps uh, not finishing um, the chances that we could do. But I think we'll win. I think we'll win. Yeah, it's a tough one. We got oh, I still feel like we got quite lucky against Leicester last year and, and that was a different version of Leicester. That first game, where, as I'm, what I'm talking about, would be... Um, uh, I just I don't like the fact that they play our, our weakness against us, right? Which is our, we're awful against the counter-attack and Leicester, our side, set up essentially to counter-attack. The good thing is Leicester sold their best defender and today they were playing Johnny Evans and Wilfred and Didi at centre-back, which... I genuinely can't think of a worse centre-back pairing in recent memory in the Premier League. That's just not acceptable. Uh, so that's good. Uh, and as you say, back to your point about set pieces, hopefully we can do something there. There was such a, that was a frustration last season for quite a while. And then suddenly like, Alexis came in and started taking corners and free kicks and it improved. Gross has put in some decent ones this year as well, but it's still, we're still not, we're not at the level of where Duffy and, it felt like Duffy and Dunkwood used to go up for every corner and you were like, I fancy a goal here. It doesn't feel like that anymore, does it? So I'm not quite sure why that is. Uh, yeah. Well, I assume we have a set-piece coach. Uh, I don't know of him or her, but but I'm assuming we do. Um, but uh, anyway, you know, that's that's. I'm I'm, I'm picking out. I think I think I'm really uh, aware that I I'm generally a very positive person. So I'm trying to balance it by trying to find things that aren't so positive just to have a bit of a balance. I, I love the club. I think we've done amazingly well. Um, it's it's a quite incredible achievement to be where we are, and I mean that in the Premier League, not necessarily just you know. For, I'm not talking about being fourth. It's it's a bit early to to sort of fourth is ridiculous, even for for an optimist. And and by the way, you're balancing out the show nicely because we like to sort of we have to pick out the good bits to balance out us talking <laughs> shit about things. So it's kind of it's nice to have a different perspective. <laughs> yeah, well, it is. I, I I I don't I don't know. It, it's. I realise that often after a, a game, uh, alcohol has been um, consumed. Certainly, is my end. Ideally, but, but, yeah. But, but lots of people are quite negative sometimes. Lots of people were negative the other day, and it's like I just don't think. I mean, there should be a, a two-hour. It's like when you can get a refund on something within, like double glazing, you can get a refund within two weeks or something in case you've made the wrong decision. After after a game, there should be like a two hour embargo of you going onto social media in case you say, especially if you've lost. Now, some of the comments the other day, oh man, I, I just left Twitter for a couple of days. Like, what what are these idiots on? And I know that's it's how like, I feel oh, every time I log into the platform, regardless. Half so. of one percent. I know it's not many people, but you know, you just think, God, I hope the club staff don't read this because there are some morons out there. And so perhaps I'm just I call out players. I, I, I think I was on Twitter the other day. It's a shame we're not better at set pieces. I'm not. I, I, I'm never an obtern, uh, obsessive optimist. There's really. It's not very good for your mental health. You know, you've got to have balance. But I'd rather be on the the positive side of of the spectrum. And uh, yeah, I I, I uh, 
Yeah, Twitter's not a great barometer for that, is it? Well, look, there's lots to be positive no, about at the not. moment. This club has, has done a pretty tremendous job so far this season. If you get rid of the aberration on Tuesday, uh, I think we're all uh, <laughs> we're in a Champions League position, and we've just signed a 21 year old who a year ago was being uh, basically looked at as, as Chelsea's uh, successor to to N'Golo Kante. So, I mean, yeah, sure, yeah, I'll take that. And we just signed a Champions League left back. So it's it's uh, it, it it could be worse. So Chelsea are quite nice to us, aren't they? I, I said the other day that Todd Bowley is is my favourite new charity. Uh, <laughs> it, it's in it, I, I can't believe they got rid of Marina Granaskaya was sort of generally regarded as one of the sort of most savvy negotiators in the business, and replaced him uh, replaced her with essentially a deranged billionaire who's just got a massive checkbook and great for us. Uh, yeah, well, I'll sign Kukurela for 60-something. You can have Levi Colwell, just see what you see what you need for a year, and then we'll sell you Billy Gilmore for um, $9 million. <laughs> All yeah. right, sure. Sounds good. Um, I'm about to pivot here to a new topic, so it may be a good time if you've got somewhere else to go. Uh, if not, feel free to stay and get after it. Um, but... Do you want to just let everybody else know where we can find you, Jonathan? Yeah. Even though you are also everyone knows who he is. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks, thanks, Josh. Um, yeah, I'm just I use the handle the Brighton Bard, so at the Brighton Bard uh, on Instagram and Twitter right now. But I am going to be doing a bit more this year. Um, but yeah, light-hearted rhymes, generally light-hearted rhymes about the club. Um, live in Oklahoma, as you said earlier on on the, on the Great Plains. So try and share a bit of life here in the US. And obviously, I was lived in Hove. Live next to the Goldson for live, you know, three decades in Hove. So I'm a Sussex lad, played a lot of football over there and uh, share some, uh, some some views from across the pond like you guys. Thank you for joining awesome. us, mate. Really appreciate yeah, it. Thank you. See you again, guys. Catch you later. Thank you. Uh, so I've got another question for you. I've got two questions because one of them is going to give you a chance to segue into your uh, threaten, threat, threat of a rant that you brought up earlier. Oh, don't um, send me on one. So let's talk about uh, this one first. Uh, let's talk about uh, money at the Albion, uh, people's uh, perspective as Albion fans, um, and whether we should or should not care about what money is being spent where. So I'll start with with my thought on it. Um, and I I fail to understand how people can be so obsessed with Tony Bloom's bank balance as a barometer for victory as a Brighton fan. Um, it's not your money. He's a billionaire. He's <laughs> absolutely fine. Um, why, why, do, why do fans care so much about that bank balance? Um, surely as fans, all you care about or should care about is what you see out there in the pitch, whether you're watching abroad or whether you've got a season ticket, right? Surely that's what you're, you're bothered about. You want to see the best possible players playing for your team at the highest possible level, which we're currently at. Um, who cares if we spend 10 million or a hundred million pound on a player? So many people on social media are ad like adamantly against the idea of us spending 30 million pound on a player because they're bothered about Tony's bank balance. And I, I don't really understand it. And a lot of the answers usually are, um, you don't you don't remember where we came from. 25 years we were playing at Gillingham and all that sort of stuff. But for me, Tony has accountants that are a lot smarter than me, you, and everybody else on Twitter. Uh, they're advising him on what he can and can't afford to spend. 
Um, and I suspect that whatever we do spend, whether it's 30 million pound, 20 million pound on Ali Razor frigging Yahan Baksh or 3 million pound on Pascal Gross, we, we can afford it. So you should you should just take the time to be happy that we're at the level we're at and we're spending whatever we spend. Um, but there's a lot of people that are stuck on the mentality of, yeah, but we signed Gary Art for a thousand pound and some kit. Um, <laughs> so I... To me, I don't get it. I was I was a fan at that time. You were a fan at that. Like we were we were both born in that era. Like that's like we were all cognizant of the world around us. It's not like we were born and like two years old. We saw what it was like and we've seen it grow from there. What's why? Why why are people so obsessed with the bank balance that isn't theirs? Um and what do you think about this this attitude of because we were shit 25 years ago, uh, get your rent out because you've been, you've been waiting for this. You, you're ready. Uh, so I, I can't explain the actions of the idiots, uh, of which we are fairly often part of that, that, that collective. Um, the money is purely a signifier for, in my mind, I'm only excited by how much money we've made this season because I expect that then equals us spending money on players at some designated point in the future. I don't, as you say, I can really, as long as he's doing well and he's the club owner and treating the club well, I don't really give two shits about what, you know, how many zeros there are in Tony Bleem's bank balance. As long as the club operates successfully, wonderful. Um, Especially when it comes to the fans of, uh, some of the clubs that are just funded by let, let's use the easy one let's use Newcastle it's irrelevant what they spend because even the people spending the money the money is irrelevant to them uh, if you want to sort of take that metaphorical idea that, that you use the idea of money growing on trees the closest real life equivalent is drilling a goo out of the, the soil of the earth the ground of the earth and then people give you loads of money for that, which is essentially what happens in Saudi Arabia. And what the investment fund does is spend the money that they sold the black ground goo for on random football players. <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah, Superb. yeah. Yeah, this is my TED talk. So that, that's... <laughs> That it so it's it, the money doesn't make any difference. They could they could have turned around and Alexander Isak. They've been regarded derided fairly for for that sign, even though he smashed that that ball in the net the other day yesterday. It, they could have spent four hundred million pounds on him. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. So yeah, that's an absurd example to to say that I agree with you. The the, the bank balances of clubs and billionaires is is at this point irrelevant, especially when you take into account the where the Premier League as a, as a whole are. And I think it was uh, Miguel Delaney, the guy that's the journalist for the Independent. Uh, uh, he tweeted out something earlier, and I need to pull this up because it basically talked about the amount of money net spend, gross expenditure, um, with the uh, with the leagues around the world at the moment. And the Premier League is two point one five billion euros as of ten hours ago. Italy was the was second at seven hundred forty six million. Uh, Germany four eight three. And he, the other part comes the Premier League's current net spend to this window. Almost 1.3 billion euros net spend. The next biggest net spend, La Liga, 55 million euros. Um, 55 million. 
there's a thousand million to make a billion for those you know that, that need the, the maths that is orders of magnitude different it's fake money at this point the league makes so much money that it doesn't matter how many zeros are included all right that's that point over and done with the rant is it annoys me greatly <laughs> we've not even started yet. we've not even started this yeah it's, it's a continuation <laughs> a slightly different tandem of the rant I really, I really don't like the, the this whole idea of you cannot have a proper opinion on the club because um, X number of years ago we were playing insert crappy League Two or below team uh, and you know didn't have a ground and blah 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 the with Dean all this stuff it doesn't matter it's like me making comments about myself and talking about me as a baby. That, that it, it's not relevant to the current situation. Brighton are a Premier League team. So to say that, oh God, you can't moan about not having a striker because we just beat Man United. Yeah, because we're in the Premier League and we have a, we've got people that have spent millions upon millions of dollars to get this club to where it is. Our stadium is called the American Express Community Stadium. We've been funded by corporations. There's a billionaire pouring money in, back to the first point that you made, your expectations need to shift. You can't just say, oh, you can't have that opinion because we this was different 15 years ago. Yes, it was different 15 years ago. If you have that mentality now, you're going to get relegated. You go to the championship and you'll continue to spiral downwards and downwards and downwards. The paradigm has changed. Your mentality needs to shift. Different game. There's a lot of very well-run clubs that get relegated. Norwich. Mm-hmm. Norwich is a greatly well-run club. They make decent amount of money. Uh, they sell a decent amount of players for profit, uh, and you've got them all through the league. Crew, Crew is a great well-run club. They make they made money hand over fist for years, selling players for a lot of money from their academy. Uh, you've got a bunch of them that are in the in the leagues that are very well-run. Um, they they turn over very small profits. They do really well, uh, but some of them some of them fly up the leagues and some of them don't. And it seems to be a, almost a mentality of being a well-run club is almost a moral victory, uh, and it, it, but it doesn't earn your points <laughs> in the table because uh, you see it. There are plenty of shit-run clubs that continue to... Uh, Manchester United are now on nine points. They're a joke of a club behind the scenes. They're an absolute circus, and they're now one point off of us after that <laughs> slow start. So being a well-run club does not mean the world like you can be as well run as you want shit happens and in this league you need to keep up um yeah it's it's a weird one isn't it just spend 90 million on uh, a winger from the eredivisie and then you'll be all right uh, it really uh, is phenomenal isn't it and people are worried about the money like it's just when that happens when those kind of transfers are happening in the league around you and the thing is we have to balance ourselves. You have to keep up because there are there are three sides that are going to go down. So you do not want. You've seen that with this arms race at the bottom of the table. The sides that have come up, with the exception of Bournemouth, who are one hundred percent now going to go down. I don't think that's a bold claim after a nine nil loss, sacking a manager and essentially signing no one. The other two teams have come on. Forest have signed twenty players, um, and Fulham have signed about fifty five just today. 
uh, each spending a decent chunk of money, each of them, some significant signings. That's what you have to do now. Because if not, you're just going to go straight back down. It's, as we talked about before, it's, it's, Norwich is, is the great example of that. Um, you have to spend and it's not our money. So so why do we care? Yep. Uh, Leicester City. I'm not sure if you've seen this, but uh, Brendan Rogers has came out and done a bit of a Scott Parker today uh, oh, in his God. post-match interview. Um, he's outright said that we we have not had the help in the transfer market that this team has needed. Um, we all know what happened next in uh, in the question of sport, question of what happened to sport Scotty, Scotty P after that. Uh, he was gone. He was kicked out. Um, so let's just give you a hypothetical. Uh, tomorrow morning, Leicester City announced parting a ways of Brendan Rodgers uh, and they come in with their Wesley Fafana money. Uh, and pay whatever fee Brighton asked for to speak to Potter. Do you think Graham Potter is interested in that project? Um, if I, if I'm Graham Potter, no, uh, because why would why would you join a team that has is on the decline for a team that is heading in the opposite direction, is on the ascendancy? Um, the thing that has been done with Leicester, the unthinkable a few years back, that's now the North Star for that club. And it won't it won't be replicated. So at that point, best case scenario for them realistically is a massive reinvestment of money of what they've made, plus more um, to get them back to, to proper regular European football. And I just think we've seen such a massive like push from some of the other other teams in and around that area that I just don't think they can realistically compete anymore with frankly the top six um I don't think that changes necessarily uh, so how appealing is that to Potter I, I don't know uh I, I if I'm him I wouldn't do it I'd wait for a better job yeah me too uh I just I I know that the rumor mill will start and he will definitely be a target for them if they were to do that, I'm, I have no doubt in my mind they would at least inquire. Um, so it'd be silly not to. His name's on everyone's lips at the moment. He, he is the guy now. Um, I don't think there's a, another a hotter property in football right now as a manager than, than Graham, Graham Potter. Like he is, this is already now that the, the tail end of last season, the start of this season has cemented what we talked about before, which is, is Graham Potter the guy now for a big job? I think the other clubs now he has to be the first name you go to when you when one of those jobs becomes available. I just don't think Leicester's it. Disaster if they fire Rogers tomorrow, by the way, because they'll come out and they'll be they'll beat us, won't they, on Sunday. Keep him. Wait for we'll smash him four 0 and they can fire him on Monday. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. Like, please don't fire him yet. Please. Um we need to keep him into it would just be the feel like that happens a lot to us as well. Someone gets sacked right before they play us and we're the bounce. Um, so another question I had that I was thinking about today with the amount of money that you get just for being in the Premier League, right? Just for, just for existing in the league, you earn a shit ton amount of money. Mm -hmm. Uh, that's kind of why Bur like Burnley just were happy to just like get by, um, and, and bank all that money for their new owners and all that stuff. Do you, do you think that it's possible that, uh, Brighton could become the, uh, the Arsenal of the mid table? Um, and what I mean by that is in the 2010s, Arsenal were known, that was their bit, right, as doing just enough to finish in the top four. 
um, with a similar model to us, really, but obviously at a higher level, um, buying younger talents, relying on Wenger to develop them um, and kind of eke by in that fourth place spot to get all that Champions League money, which was an insane amount of money at the time and still is. Do you, do you think that Albion could fall, risk falling into that, that complacency? Uh, with with the finish and, and the fact that we're we're not being particularly active this window, do you do you think that there may well be a not even a purposeful complacency, but there could be a habit of falling into that that period and thinking anywhere between fifteenth and tenth is good enough for us because it's a shit ton of money through the door. It's a it's a good question. Uh... I think between 15 and 10th for this club, though, even just in some level of like perpetuity, isn't the worst thing. Like that, that's there's plenty of sides, and I know you you know mentioned a couple there, but it's pretty much how West Ham have made a living for a number of years. Up until now, their aspirations have increased. Um, that's good. I, I I like to watch this team play Premier League football. That's great. Uh, Imagine how awful it would feel getting relegated, how awful that would feel. Um, because you know how tough it is to come back up. Uh, and it feels like this club has, you, know, you can never really say this because bigger bigger clubs have gone down. It feels like this club has evolved to a point now where it's it's put in a position where it can survive here um, just by repeating this model. My only concern if the aspirations aren't met properly, it is in keeping a grand potter because he will then go on to a situation where he is able to, to basically go further than what he would be able to do here. My thought is that at the moment, the club has seen this as a bit of a rebuilding year. Like uh, we're going to get bored of saying this at this point, but after you sell the two, the two main guys this year, you get your hundred million. (laughs) You can't reinvest that immediately. It's hard to do that. So I think they probably look at this season, if I had to guess, as a let's just not f- do badly. Let's anywhere between where we finished last season and 15th is okay. Then I tell you what, Graham, next summer, we're going to spend the next 12 months really like pushing the envelope and figuring out who to bring in here and, and make some, we're going to splash some cash. Uh, especially as some of these older players head towards the tail end of their careers and contracts. That would be my guess. I mean, that's not a bad guess. Um, Interestingly, no Gilmore announcement yet, uh, even though it's supposed to have been done about two hours ago. Um, And Naylon et al. have been keeping very quiet. Uh, Usually most windows, they come out and say, we're done, barring the Gilmore deal, go away. Stop DMing me. Uh, Nothing, though. Silence. Um, just interesting isn't it it's the hope that kills you but uh it is it is it is just so that it's like you know when you're in you're in the forest and all the all the animals go quiet it's all a little bit like what's going on here why have we not announced him yet it's 20 minutes 25 minutes ago 21 minutes ago the the window closed uh, and all of your big boy journo in the nose have not yet told us all to leave them alone Social media admins probably doing the the photo shoot where we've got a, a non-ironed shirt on Billy Gilmore, which would be sort of tradition for this transfer window so far. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, as long as you have that offer sheet in with the league uh, before eleven o'clock strikes, and my understanding being that the medical was done before that, and that was all sewn up, uh, or the term sheet, whatever you want to call it, then we're fine, and they can they can piece this deal together 
in the coming hours. I'm not too worried. It is weird that there isn't like anything from any of these guys, but I would just be guessing that the, the club are like finishing everything off, getting all the PR stuff sorted, and then these guys will, will, will drop it. Um, Miguel Delaney did just do another tweet though. Now the window's closed. Gross expenditure of the Premier League this window, 1.9 billion. Gross expenditure of the other four major leagues, 1.97 billion. So the Premier League has spent about the same as the other four leagues combined. Uh, if you want to, um, you know, just have an idea of how awful it would be to have a Super League. Uh, that would be terrible. Let's never let the Super League happen. Uh, I'll wait. It's just called the Premier League. Yep. Uh, Mishi Bachuai deal is off. It's fell through at the last minute. Uh, so maybe that's why we're keeping it quiet. We've submitted a deal sheet for Bachuai uh, with two minutes to go on the clock and they're waiting to do a double unveiling. Um, who knows? Uh, but I can say that the Bachuai's deal is off per Twitter, um, which is gutting for them. How are they going to survive after that? They've only got 21 new players now. You've got to imagine Cooper's probably sat there thinking, oh, Christ, thank God, I can't I can't welcome another one in. Like my handshake is tired at this point. <laughs> uh, last question, because we're we're pretty much running up on time here. This has gone up. I thought we'd have had the Gilmore announcement by now. So let's just do the last one. Uh, so Paul Barber told us, just simple question for you. He told us uh, via the journal, via the, via the media, uh, at the start of the window that Brighton would not be a weaker squad when the window shuts and that they would not leave Potter with a weaker squad when the window shuts and when it opened. Uh, we've sold Bissouma, Kukurea and Morpé. We've loaned out Connolly and Alzate and Duffy. Uh, we've essentially not got Jakob Moda available this year, possibly longer, God forbid, but that's just a reality. Jakob Moda is not an option. Uh, we have signed, uh, per assessed opinion, uh, Julio Enciso and Billy Gilmore, presumably, uh, with uh, Undav, Mitoma and Colwell uh, coming in from various areas. Do you believe this squad is stronger, weaker, or about the same as when this window opened? Um, I think it's weaker on paper, uh, but we don't know what it will ultimately perform like. And we go back to the other point that's made. You cannot disregard the fact that the, the bank balance is different. So I, I, it's almost like I see this as this is the squad that you have, but I'm also taking into account January and next summer's transfer window where we can truly answer that question. Because right now we've just moved some pieces around the board and we've got money over here now and we've swapped it out with some other players. Like I, I, It's hard to replace your two best players and I don't think we've truly done that. We've, what we've done is we've replaced our players well with what we can do and we banked a lot of money for future transfer windows uh, that's my belief i don't think we're massively weaker a little bit i would agree with that you pretty much summarized my exact thoughts um so that's that's saved me having to say anything really <laughs> spot on yeah no I, I fully agree um Interestingly enough, there are rumours now starting to hit Twitter that uh, Brendan Rodgers may have been sacked tonight. So that would be absolute shit if that's true. Oh, um, no. Keep him on. Come on. The poor guy. I'll be gutted. Um, so I think that's about it here. 
so we will be back this weekend, post that stuff. Uh, we are very sad that we've not even been able to be live for the Billy Gilmore announcement. Um, can't wait for the triple unveiling in the next 20 minutes. Time. Yeah, guarantee, guarantee we, the, we, the signing comes in and we've, we've signed you know, a massive forward that has come in as soon as we, we turn this off. So yep. you're welcome, everyone. Yeah, you're very welcome. We'll have all sorts coming through. We'll have Brewer to Diaz. We'll have uh, we'll have Gilmore coming in, and we'll also have like I don't know. We'll have surprising Cristiano Ronaldo switch. Sergio Ramos coming in to <laughs> play alongside the back line. But I don't we'll want see. to play with ten men the whole season. That'd be annoying. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that's a good point. Yeah, we don't want to sign Ronaldo. Um, so we will uh, <laughs> we'll be we'll be back on Sunday. Uh, whether we're facing Brendan Rodgers, Leicester, or just Leicester, lonely Leicester, uh, is, is yet to be seen. Uh, but have a wonderful rest of your week, everybody. Uh, and we will speak again in about three days. Uh, you'll be sick of us by the time we get done next next time. Uh, but have a good one and stay safe. Thanks, everyone. Thanks for everyone that joined us. Uh, Seagull Rich, Richie Mills, and Jonathan the Brighton Bard. Appreciate it. Agreed. <laughs>